Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Oh, boy. Matt, we did not expect to be talking Syracuse basketball on this edition of Fizz Radio, but hey, it is time. The Sweet 16 is tonight, if you're listening on Saturday on the Score 1260. Welcome, everyone, into another edition of the Fizz Radio with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. We have a ton to talk about. Make sure you go check out all of our content on our website, orangefizz.net. Go give us a follow on Twitter, at orangefizz, and let me give you a quick rundown of the show. Syracuse, we're going to talk all about the basketball side of things, how they've got to this point to the Sweet 16, who stepped up, who else needs to step up, the zone, that type of stuff. Then we'll give you a little preview of tonight's matchup with Houston, give you the scouting report on the Cougars. We'll talk March Madness in general, and then of course get to our fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback. But Matt, you ready to go? You pumped up? I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Okay, good. I mean, I hope so. You are in Indy. So Matt, if you haven't been following along, he's in Indy. He's been doing some great content for us every single day, turning out, you know, articles, uh, fizz casts. If you want to go listen to those, it's on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz and again, orangefizz.net. Matt, let's hop right into this. You've seen it firsthand and let's start with the big storyline of Syracuse basketball for the past couple games in this NCAA tournament and it's Buddy Beheim. I mean, He's, at least in my opinion, and I wrote an article on this, I think he's the hottest player in the tournament right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and that sounds a little bit crazy to say the first time you say it, that Buddy Beheim's the hottest player in college <laughs> basketball. But it's, it's really difficult to dispute. I mean, the guy is just on fire, and he's the reason that the Orange are here right now. I mean, without his performances, really since the uh, the month of March started when they took on UNC and Clemson inside the Dome to round out the regular season, he's been on fire, and without him, they wouldn't have been here. So when you look at the rest of the you know tournament and the other players that could have um – I don't know, a, a resume, I guess you could say, to, to be in that consideration of who's the hottest player in the tournament. Um, you also got to go to Kevin O'Banner from Oral Roberts. 29 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 2.5 steals. Pretty solid. Johnny Juzang from UCLA, 25 points and uh, three three-pointers per game. And then Justin Smith from Arkansas, just under 25 points. It's 24.5 nine and a half rebounds, two and a half steals. So all of those guys are fantastic, but why I give Buddy Beheim the nod, and I, Matt, I think you'll agree with me on this one, is because he's the entire Syracuse team. The Those other teams, Oral Roberts have has had a couple other players step up, UCLA as well, Arkansas is kind of a team effort. Syracuse, not really. It's kind of just been Buddy, and he's carried them this way, especially, Matt, when you think about that last game in the second half um, against West Virginia, he was the entire offense, and he brought them back in that game. Yeah, Syracuse looked good early on in that game without him, but I think we all knew that if he didn't show up in the second half, it wasn't going to go the way of the Orange. you got to love what you saw from Joe Girard and Quincy Garrier in that one, but, but Buddy really was, like you mentioned, the driving force in that victory once again. 22 points in the second half. He was absolutely on fire. Every time he got the ball, it seemed like it was going in. The same kind of story for him. So... 
Yeah, I mean, Buddy is the driving force of this team. Like you mentioned, those other teams have a lot of number two guys. Syracuse really doesn't have that at this point. I think if you're Syracuse, you'd love to have that, but there's just nobody stepped into that role at this point. You're listening to Fizz Radio with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. And Matt, I kind of want to give you a hypothetical, all right? So you're the opposing coach. You are Houston's coach. You're game planning for Syracuse. You're game planning specifically for Buddy Bayheim. Uh, how do you shut him down? Like, what do you do? Do you, do you face guard him all the time? Do you try to, you know, change up into a zone? Do you double him whenever he's on the three-point arc? Like, how do you go about shutting down such a hot player like Buddy? You know, I think it's a really difficult thing to try and stop the hottest player in college basketball, like we've mentioned. And I think a lot of coaches have tried similar things. I mean, against West Virginia and against San Diego State, we saw both those teams kind of just deny him the ball, and he would kind of get the ball and jump at the three-point line, turn around, (laughs) see what he had, and then, uh, you know, figure something out. So, I mean, if I was an opposing coach, I think I'd go a similar route. I mean, you got to try and deny him the ball, and I think I'd double him more often than not because you just can't let that guy shoot because he's really this team's entire offense, like we said. Um, So if you can stop Buddy Beheim, you can stop the Orange, but I think it's it's a task easier said than done. So, Buddy, with 25 against West Virginia, uh, 22 of those came in the second half, also coming off of six three-pointers. Um, and then when you look at the game before that in San Diego State, he turned in 30 off of seven three-pointers. Buddy has the hot hand, but Matt, let's look at some of the other players. And you've already mentioned two of them, but I kind of want to get your answer on this one. Uh, you know, it can't just be one guy. And there has to be more than just Buddy to step up, especially against a Houston team that has been towards the top of the AP poll this entire season. They have a lot of talent. You can't deny that. And we'll talk about the Cougars uh, coming up in a little bit here on Fizz Radio. But who else needs to step up in your opinion? If you can pinpoint like one guy, who's that next guy that needs to step up for Syracuse? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people would go Quincy here, but I think you're going to get the same out of Quincy every every game, and that's about 10 points and uh, around 10 rebounds. And I think that's that's what you need from him. That's what you're going to get from him. I think the guy that needs to step up and play like he did against West Virginia once again against Houston is Joe Girard. I mean, I 12 like points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, he stuffed the stat sheet. He even had a steal. I mean, the guy, he he had he was 4 for 8 from 3. I mean, what, do you, what more could you ask from Joe Girard? And let's talk about Joe Girard for a second. This guy needs the fans. I think that's incredible that a player <laughs> like Joe Girard quite literally cannot play basketball when there are no fans in the building. I mean, he had an abysmal season. There's no way around saying it. He had a terrible year. He wasn't what Syracuse fans wanted him to be. It wasn't what Jim Beheim wanted him to be. Right when fans enter the building, he's an entirely different player. He's the guy that we all expected him to be. I mean, he, he pulling up from the parking lot and just draining threes whenever the team needs him. What more could you ask for from Joe Girard at this point? I mean, it's not a bad take, Matt. <laughs> uh, so when we look at his numbers, in, uh, I mean, throughout the entire regular season, he was averaging like 9.5 points just below 10. That's not really too good for him. I mean, he's known as a sharpshooter, right? And his assist numbers weren't crazy either. A a handful a a game, maybe three, maybe four, maybe two. It kind of depended on the game. But then, like you said, Matt, once we got to the NCAA ACC tournament, actually, uh, he had 14 against NC State, three against Virginia, an off game there. However, now in the NCAA tournament, 12 and 12. And that's exactly what you like to see if you're a Syracuse fan. So that is Joe Girard. 
I'm actually not going to go Quincy because I like what you said. Uh, Quincy is going to be pretty solid. I think Marek needs to step up and step up in a way that, you know, is not kind of conventional. He needs to step up in a way that he doesn't foul. And that's, that's my big point. He needs to stay in this game because as we'll talk about in a little bit, Houston's really good on the boards and they also are really good defensively. So you need that bigger presence. And I know Jesse Edwards is, is starting to become a, a better player and Robert Braswell is coming in off the bench and giving you good minutes. But Marek Dolajai needs to be in this game. He cannot get in early foul trouble because if he does... Houston is a team that can take advantage of not having a big man in the middle. Yeah, I, I actually really like that take from you. I think, you know, Marek is one of the best players on the floor when he's on the floor. And, right. and we've heard Jim Beheim talk about that so many times in the postgame press conference about how much he loves Marek and how much he thinks Marek is a really great basketball mind. Um, and I don't think he's wrong at all. I think Marek is one of the smartest players in college basketball. I think he's the reason this team... Uh, is so cohesive at times, and he's really the engine of the squad. Um, but like you mentioned, I mean, four fouls in the West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. So Jesse comes in. He had four fouls five minutes into the second half. Jesse comes in, gets four fouls immediately because he's a little bit of a deer in headlights at times, <laughs> um, and he just can't defend bigger guys. And that's, you know, I mean, he's a young kid, whatever. Um, but you, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, you can't have both those guys in foul trouble and – Marek's got to be able to stay out of it and, and play well. So you're going Gerard. I'm going Bay, or rather, I'm going Marek, and then we are both saying Bayheim needs to have a big game as Syracuse takes on uh, Houston tonight, nine fifty-five. If you're listening on the Score twelve sixty, if you're listening to the podcast version of this on our SoundCloud page, Orange Fizz, uh, it's going to be Saturday night. So whenever you're listening, Saturday. Night, night 955 if you want to catch the game uh matt let's also talk about how syracuse got here and i think the big reason or one of the major reasons other than buddy is the two three zone and that zone has been stifling there are plenty of articles on our website if you'd like to go read orangefizz.net about how the zone just shuts down teams in march because they're not used to it and especially when you look at like a san diego state team there's no zone out on the West Coast. It's really just an East Coast thing for some reason. So uh, that zone is going to play a major role tonight when Syracuse takes on Houston. Yeah, I mean, just going game by game so far in the NCAA tournament, against San Diego State, I'd say the zone wasn't working all that well to begin with, and it was just that San Diego State was missing open looks, and then once it got going, it was it was, it was was crazy. So, I mean, Syracuse was stifling San Diego State every time the Aztecs were on the offensive end because, I mean, they just couldn't find a shot. So that's the first instance where I think everybody was like, okay, wow, this is this is really working for them, and, and this could take them far. And then against West Virginia, we saw those guys see ghosts. I mean, they were just passing the ball out of bounds, uh, and they couldn't find anything. Uh, Sean McNeil eventually found his stroke in the second half, but that first half was a little bit ugly to watch for West Virginia. So the zone is going to play a big role. I I just think, and here's the difficult thing, and we'll get to game predictions a little later, Matt, but uh, it's going to be difficult because you're so, like the zone is really hard to prepare for on a short schedule. And San Diego State, San Diego State, you know, had a, a good amount of days to prepare for it. West Virginia had two, or I guess one and a half if you, if you count game day. 
So mm-hmm. uh, that's why having the zone in March is so useful. But now Houston has a week to prepare for this zone. So that is how it's, you know, it's going to be an impact in this game. It just might not have as big of an impact as it did against West Virginia, against San Diego State. So those are the big keys to the game. It's going to be Buddy Beheim. It's going to be the role players in that 2-3 zone for Syracuse. But coming up after the break, we're going to talk the Houston side of things. Who are the Cougars? What are the big names to know? What are they good at? What are they bad at? Right after this break, right here on Fizz Radio. Syracuse takes down San Diego State. The Orange take down the Mountaineers. And now it is Houston's turn as Syracuse is gearing up to take on the Cougars tonight, 9.55. We're previewing the game right here on Orange Fizz Radio. If you want to go listen to our SoundCloud and our podcast, Orange Fizz, Orange Fizz on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, Orange Fizz. And, of course, our website, orangefizz.net. Now that we got all of that out of the way, it's Matt, it's Jaron. And, Matt, here we go. Houston, 26-3, and three, only lost three times this entire season. The American Athletic Conference champions and towards the top of the AP poll throughout the entire season. These these Cougars, I, I mean, simply put, and we'll get into some specific details, but overall thoughts, they're a really talented bunch. Yeah, they are a really talented bunch, and I think they get disrespected at times as the weakest two-seed people are calling them. I mean, I, I, th- I think it's hard to say now because Iowa and Ohio State are gone but I mean they're a really good team of course they play in the American Athletic Conference so that their competition throughout the year wasn't as good but these guys are talented nonetheless and they're able to put up big numbers against good teams and I think we'll see that on Saturday I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for Syracuse in any sense of the word Uh, I mean but the big thing about this team is they're a great offensive rebounding bunch they're a great rebounding bunch period uh, they're not very tall. The tallest player on the team is six foot eight, but they can rebound really well, and it's just because of hustle. I mean, they just go after every single ball. They try to tip stuff back in, um, and that's just kind of their game, and that's where they get a lot of their second-chance points from. They're not a huge shooting team. Quentin Grimes, their number one guy, can shoot the rock pretty well, but other than that, they're a slashing team that gets to the rim, and I think Syracuse is going to have a little bit of a problem when it comes to the offensive boards for these guys. And we know that the offensive boards or the boards in general have been an issue for Syracuse throughout this entire season. We think back to those UNC games when the Tar Heels were grabbing 20-plus offensive boards and just killing the orange on the on the rebounding side of things. So that's a good point. That is a key to this game, and we'll kind of get into the analytics. Actually, let's do it right now. So when I'm looking at this Ken Palm, and if you know, if you have a Ken Palm account, green means good, red means bad. There is very, very, very little red. The only red here is that they're bad at giving, or rather their opponents are good at at free throw shooting. That's it. Uh, And you can't really do anything about that if you're Houston. What they're green at is that offensive rebounding percentage. 40% of shots up, they grab an offensive rebound. That's crazy. That's a ridiculous number. That is that second is in the NCAA. Second. Like, think That's about wild. that, Matt. Base uh, Pretty darn close to half of their shots, they're going to grab an offensive rebound. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a ridiculous number. And if you want even a, a simpler 
statistically describe it. They're third in the country in offensive rebounds per game and fifth in the country in total rebounds per game. I mean, these guys are grabbing 14 offensive rebounds each night. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, and it's crazier to me because they're not a big team. Like, they don't just stick a big guy yeah. down there and tell them to grab the boards. It's a, it's an entire team effort. All these guys are down there. They're all crashing the glass. And, and it's and it's brought them to where they are now. you got to respect that. Yeah. Now, I do want to go back to the point that you brought up earlier. And I, I'm one of those people that you said not a lot of people give them too much respect. I, I, I'm going to raise my hand on that one because, listen – their overall strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm again, is 102 in the nation. 102. To put that in perspective, Syracuse is 57th. So they don't play that tough of competition. Their best team was a Texas Tech game. They're three games into the year. So they beat Texas Tech when Texas Tech didn't really, like, they didn't have things figured out then. It was Mac McClung and, and everyone else. They didn't really turn into the team that we know who they are until later in the season. But then you look at, I guess, the next best game was Memphis. Was They just came off a win against Rutgers, but they only beat the Scarlet Knights by three. Uh, Memphis, they only won by two. And then other than that, it's SMU, which they beat pretty handily, but it's SMU. Are you too impressed by that? So a lot of these stats, when I look at it, they're a good team, but I think they get that bump from playing against not great competition. Yeah, their their schedule wasn't that great this season, but I mean, this is a program that has just kind of been revitalized like in 2018. I mean, Kelvin Sampson has taken these guys back to where they were in the five slamma jamma days with Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. I mean, they really have been nothing since that point in the 80s. So for, you know, I mean, they're building up as a program. They're not playing the greatest competition in the world. They're in the AAC conference. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, the, the problem with a team like this is they're so talented on paper and even with the eye test, but when you don't play incredible competition, it's hard to give them that much credit. And then you see that they almost lost to Rutgers, a team that I believe Syracuse should have been very confident against if they faced up against them in the Sweet 16. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a tough call. I think there's a lot of talent here. I think that Quentin Grimes is going to the NBA, um, but... I don't know how talented this Houston team really is, and I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte here on Fizz Radio. Uh, Matt, let's you, you kind of alluded to one of the names, but let's break down some of the big names that everyone needs to know when this game tips off. 9.55 on Saturday night. Quinton Grimes is the big one. He's their leading scorer, 18 points per, ga- per game, averaging six rebounds. And he can also stroke it from outside. Now, he's not the you know the most lethal, and he's not a spot-up shooter, but he's, he's shooting from beyond the arc at a 41% clip. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good number if you ask me. <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, he's not a spot-up shooter, but he can take that shot whenever he wants it, and 40% of the time he's going to make it. Um, but other than Grimes on this team, you've got Dijon Giroux, who is a senior, I mean, a guy who was described, I did an interview with Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle recently, go find it on Orange Fizz or on SoundCloud, and he talked about Giroux as being a guy who's really hungry, a senior who really wants a national turn, a championship. I mean, who doesn't? But this guy is, you know, he's playing through a hit pointer against uh, Rutgers, excruciating pain. He didn't practice this week. Coach Sampson said he's going to play against Syracuse. 
But, I mean, it's just a guy that wants it more than anybody else. And then you talk about the freshman, Sherman Mark, another guy who's put in a lot of work this year. He's kind of their future. Um, and it's just this is the kind of team that, that spans all around. There's so much depth on this team. There's so much to look for and so many players uh, that have fresh legs that can really play. And I think that might be a big problem for Syracuse, as we know Syracuse doesn't play a whole lot of depth. I mean, more more recent or more depth recently, but uh, I mean it's not really part of their MO. Right. And I mean, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about that, I'll be honest. I I'm not. I, I, I think where Houston can hurt Syracuse, and we've already talked about, is on the boards. And when we look about uh, who's the big guy on the boards for Houston? You got to know the name Justin Gorham. He is a six-seven uh, forward, redshirt senior, so he's been around uh, the block a couple times. He's averaging over eight rebounds per game, just under nine, eight point eight. So when you look at like where Syracuse's weaknesses, it's the boards. Where Houston's uh, strength is, it's the rebounds. And then it's Justin Gorham, if you want to know the big name. Also going back to DeJon Giroux, uh, he's more of a distributor. So he is averaging 10 points per game for anyone out there writing down all these stats. However, he's going to be the guy that sets up the offense, that distributes, that gets it to the playmakers. And those playmakers, like you talked about, Quentin Grimes, Marcus Sasser, um, and a couple of those younger guys guys you'll also see uh, come in here and there. So He's also their leader. Things. He's the Go leader of this team. Yeah. I'm just I just wanted to add that. I mean, Giroux <laughs> is like their he's their the the top guy. I mean, he's the guy that everybody looks up to. He's the senior that uh, is really pulling the squad forward. He's just he he provides leadership for this team. It's not really Grimes who is the best player rather than Giroux who really is like everybody's dad. Okay, so we got the leader and we got the dad. Those are the big names to know. Uh, Matt, let's go through some of the big stats to know for the Cougars. And again, you're listening to Fizz Radio with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. Go give us a follow on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. Um, so we already talked about the offensive rebounding. Now let's talk about their defense because the Cougars are 11th in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. They pretty much shut down any team that is that that they match up with effective field goal percentage they hold teams to a 43 percent field goal mark that's number one in the ncaa plus they're great at shutting down the three pointers opponents are only sh- are shooting below 30 percent from beyond the arc this season and at a 29.3 percent clip that is 12th best in the ncaa aka Syracuse's strength, especially with Buddy Beheim having such a hot hand, and Joe Girard contributing a couple shots from beyond the arc, especially against West Virginia, is now going to be challenged because Houston is really good at shutting down shooters from deep. Yeah, they're also second in the nation in terms of points against per game, so that's also a big one. Um, but I, here's what I'll say about their defense and Go just about it. defense in general. Um San Diego State had an incredible defense as well, and that was something that everybody talked about previewing that game. Is it San Diego State? Oh, they had a great defense, top 10 defense in the nation, blah, 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 and then look what happened, 78-62 Syracuse. Um, But when you come to Houston's defense, I think they are a good defensive team. They're a good unit, but I think that's where your schedule comes into play because you're really not playing anybody. Um, 
and it's hard to score points, but it's not hard to not let other teams score points when they're awful. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, they played good defense, but if you're going to tell me you're surprised, you're impressed when they beat Our Lady of the Lake one twelve forty six, I just I can't help you. One twelve forty six. You're going to be like, wow, great defense out there, guys. I mean, hey, you can't Matt, even... Matt, I have a question. Have you ever before that game? Did you ever hear of this school? I've Our heard. Lady of I've the Lake? heard. Yes, you of did. Course. Yeah, I've heard. Okay. Do you I mean, know where it is? Because, number one, I've never heard it. Do you know where it is? Is it in Texas? Wow, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Good geography. You, could, you could have completely lied to me right there, and I would just take your word for it because I have no idea. Like, you could have oh, said, you like, don't know? it's right next to Syracuse in the 315, and I would have said, sure. Well, I don't, yeah, it is in Texas. Okay, it's San Antonio. Good job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my point is that they're not playing anybody. So if you really do want to talk about their schedule, I think that conversation comes in. Uh, in the defense conversation, because I mean, yeah, sure, they they look great on paper, but they okay, they won eighty seven fifty six against Cleveland State in the NCAA tournament. Sure, but it's Cleveland State. How about ninety one fifty four against Cincinnati before in in their tournament? Like, okay, great. I mean, try to play here a, a, a real team and then come back to me. Yeah, no, I mean that's what I was saying before. I I completely agree with you on that one, uh, Matt. Before we hit a break here, let's get to the last stat that I think our listeners need to know about, and that's tempo. Uh, Houston plays really slow. If uh, I'll throw out the metric, it doesn't make sense because Ken Palm, I, you know, their rankings are just weird. Uh, in adjusted tempo, 64.7. That's the number. Basically, let me put that in layman's terms. It's 325th slowest game in all of college basketball this season. Wow. So they like to slow it down. And watching these last two games, and actually I, I would toss in the ACC tournament as well for, for Syracuse, they have been so good because they've been a, they've been going a little quicker. Buddy Bayheim has just been speeding them up a little more, and I think that quick tempo, getting the steals on defense, pushing out into the break, getting fast break points, I think that's been the difference, and that's kind of catalyzed their offense. So now you go up against a team that plays really slow, and it's going to be a battle of who gets to play their game. If Syracuse gets to play their game and speeds up Houston and kind of makes them uncomfortable, boom. I think Syracuse has a really good chance here. If Houston gets to dominate how fast they play and Syracuse has to slow down and, and set up some half-court offense, that worries me a little bit because that's not Syracuse's strength. Well, I mean, I don't think Syracuse is exactly the fastest team in the nation. I mean, they're not going out there and no, like the but Showtime they're, they're Lakers. No, decently fast. I mean, I but I think that the, my point there is that I think they can kind of adapt to whatever they have to to win this game. And if they, they do have to go faster, they'll go faster. But uh, I think that instead of – I think that Jim Beheim will focus uh, in this game on playing his game rather than adjusting his offense toward what, what will screw up Houston. I think – that Coach Beheim's always looking to play Syracuse's game as best as possible. And whatever that is uh, regarding their tempo, I don't know their tempo numbers. Um, you want Syracuse's tempo numbers? Sure. Give me well, While I finish this point, give me Syracuse's tempo so numbers. So offensively, uh, 60, 61st in the nation. Defensively, 289th. So on defense, they play slow, which is kind of just a product of the other team. Uh, offensively, 61st. That's pretty darn fast. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure, uh, if they can speed up Houston, I think that would be uh, good. But 
I think Houston will play their game as well. So we'll see them. Houston play slow on offense and Syracuse play slow on defense and Syracuse try to speed it up on offense and see what Houston does on defense. Again, I don't really know what this Houston defense is going to look like against a team that can really put up a 30 from multiple uh, players. So we'll see. Okay, there you go. Uh, Syracuse, Houston coming up. If you're listening on the score 1260, it's tonight at 955. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, it's Saturday night at 955. Make sure you go watch that, cheer us on, and follow follow all of our content, orangefizz.net and orangefizz on Twitter. Matt's going to be at the game, tweeting out, giving all of his thoughts, and giving his analysis right after as well. So make sure you follow along. Make sure you stay with us right after this break because we're going to talk March Madness in general, talk about our brackets, talk about what the upcoming little schedule looks like if Syracuse continues to move on. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Syracuse Fizz Radio on the score 1260. It's March, it's the best time of the year, and it's Fizz Radio. Welcome everyone back in, Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. Go give us a follow on Twitter, Orange Fizz. Listen to our SoundCloud, Orange Fizz, and our website, orangefizz.net. It's pretty easy to follow uh, and to find everything. But Matt, we already talked about Syracuse. We already talked about Houston, that game coming up tonight, and we will get back to that game with our fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback in a little bit. But first, let's just talk some March Madness because it's that time of the year. We we get a look at the bracket and we get to break it all down. And we'll start with this. Let's start with the Syracuse angle. The Orange right now trying to take on Houston. If they beat them, they will then play the winner of Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State. Uh, coming out of that game, if you're a Syracuse fan, who do you want to see? Uh, I mean, I think you want to see Oregon State. I think the Ramblers are really, really good. I mean, they made Illinois look terrible, and Illinois is the Big Ten champ. Don't forget that. They're an incredible team. They just ran into Loyola Chicago. I mean, Loyola Chicago, I don't think anybody expected them uh, to be that great. I think everyone was like, all right, it's just second time It was time Sister around. Jean on a Sunday. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you <laughs> I think uh, I think people thought the magic had worn off, but it's starting to think, or it's starting to feel like they shouldn't be a, a Cinderella anymore. Like, this, is, this is like a mid-major program that should be respected as a really good college basketball team, and, and there's no reason not to be. I mean, these guys are good. They made, like I said, they made Illinois look terrible, which is not an easy thing to do. I think they're going to make Oregon State look pretty bad, and, and if you're Syracuse, I wouldn't want to face them if if Syracuse ends up beating Houston. So, I mean, I mean, just to talk about the Midwest for a second, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I did say Illinois was going to fall in the second round. So I, uh, I'm pretty huge, uh, pretty happy about that. Was that actually um, on your bracket? Like, wasn't on my through? bracket, was not okay, on my bracket, so, so that's, but I did that's a say it. Answer. No, it's not. I, I, I said it. I, I swear. You can ask plenty of people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it was a crazy uh, region. I mean, you have Illinois at the top. Then you've got Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech, two really, really good teams. Don't forget about Georgia Tech was the ACC champions. I mean, they didn't have Moses Wright in that game. I don't know how much it would have changed it, but who knows. Then you have the Pac-12 champs in Oregon State who are still in it somehow. I really didn't think they would make it this far. And then you had Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State who are a really good team as well. I mean, you get West Virginia. You've got Houston and Syracuse. I mean, what a region it was. Whoever gets out of the Midwest I think is going to have a really good chance to win it all just because they're going to be more bad battle-tested than everybody else. Obviously, Gonzaga is a very good team, and I think they're going to win it all, but whoever comes out of the Midwest is going to be good. So that's a good point. I think that who comes out of the Midwest will be the most battle-tested. However, I don't think, I think the Midwest has the lowest amount of talent 
does not have as much talent as the rest because you look at the South. You got Baylor. You got Villanova in March. You never want to get uh, root against Nova in March. You have Arkansas, who's kind of on a heater. You look to the East. You still have Michigan and FSU and Alabama. And then the West, you got Gonzaga. And you can't really ask for any more. And then you got two hot teams in USC and Oregon. So, uh, yes, the Midwest will be tested. I think it's going to be the lowest seed that makes it to the Final Four will be coming out of the Midwest. Because even if Houston takes down Syracuse, I don't think they get through. I I don't think they get through either Loyola Chicago or Oregon State. A lot of people are disrespecting uh, the Beavers right now. They're on a heater, and I don't like betting against hot teams in March. It's the same thing with Syracuse. The Orange are on a heater right now. It's tough to bet against either of those teams. Loyola Chicago has impressed me. That Loyola Chicago-Oregon State game, I think, is going to be the best matchup of the Sweet 16, even though yeah. they're not the, the biggest of names in this tournament remain. That's, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it sure is. Um, all right, Matt, let's also just talk about, you know, the the tournament in general. What has surprised you? Like, what's been the biggest surprise in your opinion, especially as someone who's been in Indy and seen these games firsthand? So something that surprised me big time. So I, I felt, and I don't know if you felt this as well, I felt that uh, this was one of the tournaments where we've seen the most amount of upsets. I felt like we were seeing yeah. so many upsets, blah, blah, blah. Then I found out... This is the highest seeded Sweet 16, I think, ever. At five, the average seed is 5.88, which is That's like the highest. Really Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like we were seeing so a lot of upsets. upsets. Yeah. And been. I guess it was a lot of uh, the teams who are ranked, uh, um, you know, fourth and fifth, like the Virginia gets upset, Purdue gets upset, you know, those yeah. kinds of teams. So you end up seeing the five or the four anyway, because like a Villanova or Creighton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That is kind of – that's – because I went into this – so I, I obviously put together a bracket. It looks horrible. Don't ask me about it. <laughs> um, but you're right. I, I was like, this bracket looks horrible because there's been so many weird upsets. It's not even the upsets that I expected. It's been weird ones. Like, who expected Oral Roberts to get back – to get past <laughs> I, I think State more people than not – more people than you think expected Oral Roberts to, to win that game. I didn't. I, I I mean, once they got past Ohio State, I thought that they were going to be Florida because Florida over Virginia Tech, the the, the Gators didn't look too good. So those then are two Oral bad Roberts teams. Had the, Florida and Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah, a seven versus ten with Florida and Virginia Tech. That's just not a good matchup. Um, but yeah, I I mean, there's been some big uh, upsets that have surprised me, but that is pretty impressive. How this is the the highest remaining seeds if you average them all together um all right matt looking forward what is other than the midwest region what is the big matchup that you are looking for forward to this weekend when it comes to the sweet 16 i mean there's a lot of good ones going around i mean i love watching alabama play and i think ucla is is kind of on a tear right now but i don't know how good that game's going to end up being and I really, I honestly really want to see that Arkansas Oral Roberts game. I mean, I think he Oral Roberts looks really good right now, and, I, and Arkansas does as well. Arkansas skims past Texas Tech. Oral Roberts does the same against Florida. I mean, Oral Roberts has an NBA player on their team, Max Abmus. Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be an exciting matchup and one that I really want to see. Yeah, if I can't choose from the Midwest and I can't pick the Arkansas Oral Roberts just because you picked them, I guess I'll go over to the West and I'll pick USC, Oregon. I think that's a really that's uh, a fun one. 
that's a that's a really balanced uh, attack. It's it's both you know Pac-12 teams that have seen each other before. They are both really hot. They're on streaks. They have some momentum going into this one. Oregon taking down Iowa, USC taking down Kansas. Uh, that's also going to be a good one. But of course, the one that we are paying attention to is Syracuse and Houston Saturday night, 9:55. It is the late game, so make sure you pour an extra cup of coffee. Get ready for that one. Because because it is going to be a battle. Coming up after the break, though, here on Fizz Radio, we're going to get to fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback. Don't go anywhere. Still plenty to come. Wrapping up shop here on Fizz Radio, Jaron May, Matt Bonaparte. We are getting to our fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback before Syracuse takes on Houston tonight at 9.55. Uh, fictional Fizz, Matt, this is our favorite part. This is when we set some fictional betting lines. Uh, it is completely made up. I just wrote them down. Matt's going to give me his take. I'll give you my take, and we'll go from there. Uh, and it's all about tonight's game against Houston. So, Matt, let's start with Buddy Beheim. You knew that this one was coming over or under 25 and a half points. What do you got? Oof, that's a good line. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm going to go over. Because if Syracuse is going to win this game, I think that they're going to need Buddy to score over 25 and a half. And I think they do have a good chance at winning this game. So I'll take the over on 25 and a half points for Buddy. Okay. So you're going with the hot hand. Uh, He's too hot. I, I like the line. 25 has been, you know, he has been pushing himself to get to that number. Um, I think it's going to be just below that. I think he has a 23 or 24 point game. So I'm going to take just under there um, on Buddy Beheim with 25 and a half points was the line. All right, let's switch over to the Houston side of things. The Cougars, offensive rebounds. They're averaging 14 point, I think, eight it was. I'm setting the line for offensive rebounds at 15 and a half over or under. I'm say under. Really? Yeah. You think Syracuse figured out their offensive rebounding issues? Um not necessarily, but I just I don't I don't see it. Maybe they'll get 13. Just 13 would still be pretty chair. detrimental, right? It, yeah, it I mean, still they still be would. good, but wouldn't be the number. Still okay. My, you know, the crystal ball is telling me all the answers. Okay, so you're just listening to the gut to the crystal ball. I'm um, listening to the I- gut. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under here as well, and I guess I mo- I should have moved that line a little bit if we both agree here because, uh, yeah, they're really good. I think Syracuse has figured some stuff out, and they're playing better as a team, um, and you know just just cleaning up the boards. Now I do think Houston will have a ten plus offensive rebound uh, rebound game, but I do not think that they'll get over fifteen and a half. All right, last one here on fictional fizz. Here we go. Syracuse double-digit scores against Houston. The line is three and a half, over or under. Houston double-digit scores? No, Syracuse double-digit oh, scores. Syracuse double-digit scores. What is it, three and a half? I'm taking the over. I think you'll get Buddy, Quincy, Joe, and Marek. I think you'll get wow. four. Wow, you said that confidently, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be confident when you play f- fictional fizz. Okay, so against West Virginia, there were four. It was Joe, Quincy, Marek, Buddy. Uh, against San Diego State, there were only three. It was Buddy, Joe, and Marek. Uh, I don't think Quincy has an off game. However, Joe kind of worries me a tad bit. So That's what I'm I thought gonna about, say, too. 
the under just by a half a point because it's three and a half. I think they get three. Um, it'll be close to four, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get to four, but something in my gut just says Joe will have, you know, like nine points and a good amount of assists. He'll still have an imprint on this game. He might not just turn in a double-digit scoring night. Um, all right, so that's Fictional Fizz. You're taking the over in buddy points, the under in offensive rebounds, and the over in double-digit scores. I'm pretty darn close uh, to that as well. Jaron May, Matt Bonaparte, almost done here on Fizz Radio, but before we let you all go and before you can watch and listen to Syracuse and Houston coming up tonight, we got to get to our fictional, or rather our Fizz feedback. This is when we post our Twitter polls. Go follow us on Twitter at Orange Fizz, and we like to hear your takes. So, Matt, here we go. First one, how far does Syracuse make it in the NCAA tournament? Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, National Championship. What do you got? There's a lot of optimistic Orange fans out there. I mean, there are. 20, 25% of these people said they're making to the national championship, but I'm going to follow their optimism. I, I, I mean, what's the point of being in the national tournament if you're not going to be optimistic? Let's go to the Natty. Okay, you got the Natty. Um, I'm going to say the Elite Eight. I don't think Houston's all it's cracked up to be. I mean, you're just uh, a pessimist. I don't think I am a pessimist. I think if you make it to the Elite Eight this season after the year that you put together, that's a win. I don't think it that's is. pessimism. I mean, it's a win at this point. Yeah. <laughs> if it ended tomorrow, it would be a huge win. It's still a win. So uh, the winner of this poll, however, final four with 36% of the vote. And your dad, actually, Matt, Mike. Mike with a whole lot of numbers. Uh, Shout out says, Mike, bunch of numbers. He says orange fans are optimistic. All right, let's move on to our next one. Besides Buddy Beheim, who needs to set step up the most for Syracuse versus Houston? Griffin, Dolajai, Gerard, or Garrier? What's your pick, Matt? I don't understand the 37% of people saying Alan Griffin. I mean, at this point, it's proven that they don't need him. I mean, he, he scored three points over their last three games. Like, who cares? The guy's not – he's not an integral part of this team at this point. He can't play defense. Who cares? He doesn't need to step up. I mean, like I said before, you got to have Joe Girard, uh, and he's got to put another good performance. And if he does, Syracuse will win. Okay, so you're going Gerard. Um, 37% of the vote goes, goes Alan Griffin. He's in second. In first, it's Quincy Garrier with 41%. I think we both agreed at the beginning of this show that, you know, Garrier does have to have a big game. Um, we kind of just went with the other guy because we just assume Garrier will have that big game. Uh, but he wins the vote, and there is a comment on this. It comes from Dustin uh, DeCooch, uh, and he said, "Not it's not Allen because he won't play due to his poor defense and rebounding and shot selection, which is unfortunate because he's literally won games for us this year. But Braswell has earned time with his defense at this point. Joe is the most important. So I guess Dustin's going Joe and Bobby Braz. Bobby Braz, I mean, he has been a pretty integral part to this run for Syracuse. Yeah, you got to love watching Bob. Big Shot Bob is so exciting. Big Shot Bob. And especially he put that game over uh, towards the end of it with that pointless three the other day. All right, uh, Matt, let's get to our last fictional fizz or rather fizz feedback. I did that twice already. Uh, What will be the key for Syracuse in Saturday's game? The 2-3 zone, Buddy, rebounding, or other. Other didn't really get anything. So let's go Buddy, rebounding, 2-3 zone. What do you got? I disagree with the Orange Faithful once again, the fizzers. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I mean, you could go either 2-3 zone or buddy here. I just don't understand the the almost 50% of people who are saying rebounding. Yeah, 48% goes to rebounding. That wins. Um, I'm going to go the 2-3 zone. I think that's what has got you here. 
Uh, but that is going to do it for Fizz Radio. Matt and Jaron, we're going to sign off. Enjoy the game tonight. Syracuse and Houston, 955. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OrangeFizz. We'll have all the content you need to know. But for now, we're signing off. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. And go Orange.